Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson and today at QueenBeing.com we're going to start talking a little bit more about narcissists and sex. So we're going to begin with the whole Madonna whore complex. All right, let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life. All right, so let's start right here okay um, there have been tons of studies done on narcissism and you know sexuality and and regardless of any of those studies I talk to a lot of people who have been abused by narcissists in various ways so one thing that I would begin with is to point out that generally nothing that the narcissist says about you can be taken at face value, <clears throat> especially negative things, because it's really not about you, it's about themselves. Now, here's something you have to understand. Narcissists don't see people romantically in a healthy way, okay? They are unable to see like someone um, as attractive or kind and sweet and loving and sexy at the same time. How about that? What that means is that narcissists categorize people who they're attracted to into different categories and that means the person's either like a mom type or like a sex type. He can't be, according to a narcissist, a, you know, a mother and a whore, right? So not that you have to be a whore to enjoy sex, but according to this theory, the whole Madonna whore complex, that's what it is. The narcissists have a hard time, especially when it comes to men and women, but even the other way around, they have a hard time distinguishing the possibility, believing the possibility that someone could be both a mother type or a person, a caregiver, a friendly, sweet person, and a sex partner at the same time. Okay, so what's that all about? Well, here we go. A Madonna is sexless. A Madonna is, uh, you know, sweet, kind. Um, you know, she wants to love the narcissist, she wants to take care of the narcissist, and the narcissist needs her or him, depending. I mean, obviously the term is Madonna, but this can also apply the other way to a, a female narcissist who is, is using a male narcissist as her daddy type caregiver, right? Now, <clears throat> a whore turns a narcissist on like nothing else. What does that mean? Well, every woman will be sexy. Every man will be sexy to a narcissist, you know, depending on what they're into, uh, because at the beginning of a relationship, it's new and different and exciting. There's the thrill of a chase. Everything's fascinating and unique and everything else. But, you know, and here's another thing. And a lot of narcissists will tell you that the harder a woman plays to get, like if she's hard to get, then she's sexier to them in the beginning. However, when the narcissist has finally conquered this person and gotten the way that they wanted soon enough the person loses their thing that makes them enticing because now they're not running away anymore now they're still even if they still play hard to get a little bit the narcissist knows they'll get them they know they won and so the more comfortable they become and the more caring the supply becomes the less turned on by this person the narcissist becomes so in the narcissist's mind, that person would lose the sex appeal factor and gain the Madonna factor or the caregiver factor, see? So the Madonna then 
takes the role of mother or parent in the narcissist's life. They cater to the narcissist, they take care of them and do everything they need. While the whore, quote-unquote whore, fulfills the sexual needs of the narcissist. Ideally, that's how they would like it to be all the time, you feel me? However, you know, <laughs> that doesn't work in real life. Because, you know, most narcissists, um, you know, if they don't cheat, they turn to porn. Uh, over any, you know, over time, any person who is considered good to the narcissist, considered caregiver, considered, uh, you know, someone that they need, that person in the narcissist might become sex sexless, and I, I would tend to, to venture that there are certain mother issues behind that one, you know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> but since pornography portrays women as whores, men as whores, uh, it is degrading, it is exactly what turns a narcissist on, my friend. You know, and that is, in my opinion, why so many narcissists are addicted to pornography. So, when the narcissist is in a committed relationship, if he or she doesn't actually cheat, they will often withdraw, even if they do cheat, but that's sometimes the thing that leads to cheating even, depending on the person, they will often withdraw from the relationship in order to connect more into the pornography stuff because, you know, and as they um, work, you know, inevitably they, they start to feel more and more the, like, like the person that they're married to or in a long-term relationship with has the Madonna complex or has the Madonna thing <clears throat> and then the whore side of her, the, the sexy side of him or her is gone. So <clears throat> that doesn't mean that the narcissist doesn't love you any more than he never did before <laughs> or she never did before. The narcissist cares about the narcissist cares about having his or her needs met period. That's it. So, you know, that's why they turn to pornography because at this point, you know, they need you to be in their life taking care of them if you're the person in the Madonna spot. And if you have said that you will leave and not be with them anymore, if they choose to continue to be uh, in the, you know, if they choose to, to cheat on you or whatever, and they're really afraid of that, then they may turn to pornography just because that's how they get turned on after they decide you're a Madonna and not a whore. <laughs> and that, strangely, they would think that I don't even know what to say about that, but uh, that's what it all comes down to. I've talked to uh, survivors who have been with men who called them whores for no good reason and and who didn't deserve to be called that and who were horribly offended by it and and now that I understand about this Madonna whore situation I realize that that was almost some strange way of the narcissist telling their victims that they looked sexy yeah they're sick puppies y'all they really are so we're going to go more into the porn addiction thing tomorrow, uh, but in the meantime, I would like to ask you, do you think you may have been affected by the Madonna whore complex with a narcissist or something like it? And if so, leave me a comment below. If not, you know, tell me, you know, because this is basically the sexless narcissist who, you know, the, the person who stops having sex with you and starts watching porn. That's who we're talking about today. Tomorrow we're going to go into more depth about porn addiction and how it can be connected to cheating and everything else. All right. Uh, so, like I said, leave your comments below, let me know your thoughts, and let's keep discussing this very sensitive topic and see what we can figure out. 
All right. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson, and today at QueenBeing.com, we're going to continue our discussion about sex and the narcissist, all right? Today we're going to hit on the part about the narcissist who is addicted to sex. All right, let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson, and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. So here's the deal. Narcissism like everything else is what it is but when it comes to narcissists and sex there's a sort of spectrum okay um, let's call it the narcissistic sexuality spectrum shall we all right so in the last time we talked about this stuff we talked about the narcissists who are more cerebral about sex and who will kind of starve their partners to death when it comes to uh, sexual contact um, intimate touch things like that uh, they prefer masturbation or a solitary sex uh, but a lot of times there's a whole you know the the other side of that spectrum looks a little different it's 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 where the sex addict narcissist lives all right so here's the deal okay you start out with this person and you're like oh my god this is the best sex I've ever had I can't believe it it's so hot I'm this is the one this is the one you know, sex like this, I've never had it before. Gotta get some more of that, right? So you're like, okay, well, this is gonna be the one. You take the next steps, right? What do you do? Well, eventually you move in together, you get engaged, get married. If it's a narcissist, it all went really fast, right? Now something changes. What's that? Well, as soon as you guys get comfortable and get settled in and everything, well, the, 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 the sex is weird. It's changing. Things are changing. You know, sometimes uh, you might find yourself actually in the middle of sex when you wake up. We talked about that. Uh, so, you know, and, and that is a form of rape because you're not actually consensually having sex. Uh, but even when that is the case, when it is consensual, there's like no connection for you anymore. And you find yourself, you know, maybe there's no foreplay or, you know, maybe the, the narcissist needs to dominate during sex or maybe... They want to be behind you so they can't actually you know see your face um, or have eye contact right uh, sometimes it's like wham bam thank you ma'am but you don't get the thank you part or man depending on your sex you know whether you're male or female um, they get upset for you or with you not for you with you they become upset with you if you choose to admit that you're not feeling the earth move under your feet or whatever right course it's all your fault can't be their fault can't be because they've changed who they are but maybe if you were you know a little more uh, freaky with them maybe if you would indulge their fetishes or whatever things would get so much better right hmm let's talk about that shall we so the next thing you know you are like okay I love this person I'm gonna do their freaky sex thing okay just a little bit maybe you know and of course as soon as you do you immediately regret regret it whether you're 
being choked during some weird rape fetish or, you know, you are being stalked in some strange break into the house fetish or you're having sex with his or her friends in some weird cuckold fetish, okay? Whatever the issue is, and those are just a few that I've recently heard from clients, um, whatever the issue is, he will be very upset with you if you don't enjoy it, most likely, he or she. And if they are not upset with you for not enjoying it, they'll pretend that they're they're totally on your side, but then moments later, weeks later, whatever, they'll bring it up again, and it'll be even more. So they didn't really enjoy it. You say, I really didn't enjoy that, but they go, you know what? What I really, 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 really want is like maybe a threesome or a foursome or whatever. Could you just, could we get another person in here and... You know, it would just be so much good, so good for our sex life. And even though it makes your stomach sick and you want to throw up, you do it one time and you hate it. You say, this is it. This is only, this is the only thing, right? And this is the only time I'm ever going to do this thing. Well, then afterward, you know, they were like, oh, mom, wow. I, I, I just, you know, when, when you say that to them, they go, gosh, I, I was only kidding. I really didn't think you'd even do it. I mean, you really did it. I can't believe it. I was just totally kidding. Of course, at that point, you know, you start thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I fell for this. I can't believe I did this. I'm sick, sick to my stomach. I can't, you're nauseous. You can't stand it. Right. And still, no matter what, the narcissist, not happy with you. So you're over it, right? You're like, whatever. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, you know, so the narcissist comes after you for sex. You're like, no, they scream, they yell, they fight, sex, sex, sex. No, I'm not into it. Well, they tell you, well, we're married. You have to give me sex. You owe it to me. You know, and if you can't, if I can't get it from you, I'll go somewhere else. Right. And then of course, on those occasions that you do agree to it, well, you almost throw up thinking about how, how it's going to be. And you just kind of put your, go out of your head and just wait till it's over. You can't win with this person, right? So what happens next? Well, at some point, maybe things change. Maybe your partner becomes sexually dysfunctional and all they want from you is a hand, a little, little help with the hand or a little oral pleasure. Hmm? Quick, get it over with. Bada bing, bada boom, in and out. It's not, no pun intended. Or is it? Anyway, but course that's not good enough you can't do that right either and the truth is that you know sex becomes different it becomes pointless and that's when they move toward you know going to porn and they might even try to bring porn into your bedroom and etc etc and of course all of that's your fault because you're not freaky enough or you're too fat or too skinny or whatever excuse they make for you right they're always threatening to go somewhere else if you can't please them I'll just go over to, you know, somebody else who will, or I'll go, they'll threaten to get a hooker, or they'll threaten to sleep with your friends or your sister or whatever. Um, and one day you find out maybe that this person's cheating on you and that they've been cheating on you. And you find that they've got all these pictures of other people naked in their phone or, you know, messages in their, in their texts full of, you know, sexual innuendo and I love yous and bullshit that's not supposed to be happening when someone's married or, or committed to another person, you know, um, lots of even poetry that, that maybe they wrote or whatever. And of course, 
now you're aware of the porn addiction that they're dealing with and the porn has you know eaten three of your computers by now or whatever you know and 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 now you realize oh my god this person's a sex addict and and not a good one not a, not one that hides well anyway right so of course if you confront a narcissist about his his or her sex addiction then they will act like you're the one with the addiction and they'll tell you you cheat you you know you're the one who who did this that and the other thing and and, and if I was cheating which I wasn't well that's still all your fault you know uh, and then that's pretty much how it how it rolls you know uh, of course you know when you're dealing with a sex a sex addict there are lots of other things to worry about uh, some of them even will go so far as to abuse your your children um, or other um, incom uh, other people in, in your life who might not be able to um, protect themselves um, I've heard of a narcissist sexually engaging with someone's senile parent so it's always about getting the next high it's always about getting the next you know excitement trip or whatever it's 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 because the narcissist doesn't have their own identity I think that they since they can't since they don't exist in certain ways they don't have an individual identity of their own they can't really be in a relationship but they can tangibly feel sex and so I think that narcissists kind of equate sex with attention with you know that's the only the closest thing a narcissist knows to love is sex now to be fair I want to point something out here um, in healthy men and healthy women there is a, a disconnect with sex and that is that women feel the need to be emotionally connected in order to be sexually connected whereas men need to be sexually connected in order to be emotionally connected and neither one of those things is wrong it's just what it is so when you're thinking about the situation with your narcissist you've got to understand that narcissists are not you know they're not normal so just because a healthy man equates sex and intimacy on an emotional level of course a narcissist will as well but it's in a different way because the narcissist doesn't continue into the emotional level do you understand a healthy man will need to have sex and then they will continue into emotional intimacy whereas the narcissist will not and and with women uh, who are narcissists they tend to use sex as a weapon uh, directly to get what they want and sometimes they'll even literally say if you'll do this I'll have sex with you or I'll do this sexual act for you they will just blatantly do it men aren't as likely to do that as narcissists because women don't respond as well to that do you understand what I'm saying all right so just know this narcissists have a high need for excitement they need change they need things to be different and that is why they cheat that is why they have weird fetishes you know at least part of the reason and that's what it all comes down to you find yourself when you're in a relationship with a narcissist your sexuality your ability to feel sexy is destroyed and it seems to be the case for men and women who have been involved with narcissists so 
Uh, the next time I talk about this, I'm going to read some of your letters. I have received so many letters in response to these videos in this series. Everybody, I guess not a lot of people talk about it, and those who do aren't as open about it, but something happened to me a few years ago, and I have no filter anymore when it comes to things like this. <laughs> so I feel like it's so important to talk about it because you need to know that you're not alone. You need to know that there are other people who are dealing with the same shit you're dealing with, and that it's really not you. I wish someone had been able to tell me it's just, it's not you. But I didn't know anyone at the time who was dealing with this, and that's why I talk about it. So I'm going to wrap up for today. As always, thank you for letting me be a part of your day and a part of your life. Um, to those of you who have joined up at the university, thank you. I'm so excited to see you there, and I can't wait to connect with you personally. It's coming in this week. All right. Anybody um, who hasn't signed up yet, you still have time. Go to universeofb.com and get in before we close the membership. All right. I'll see you soon, everybody. Have a wonderful day. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson with QueenBeing.com and today we're going to get back to the talk about sex and the narcissist, okay? So we have talked briefly about the fact that narcissists tend to go one of three ways when it comes to having sex and that is A, well once they're in the relationship, that is either A, they are withholding sex in order to manipu manipulate you or B, they're trying to manipulate and control you with sex by having more sex than you'd like and different sex than you'd like or C, some combination of those two things. Alright, so today we're going to cover the withholding narcissist and we're going to talk about why they withhold, what it, what it looks like, what it means and how it all works. Alright, so let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson, and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Alright, let's start right here. First of all, I think we would all agree that sex with a narcissist is almost never normal, at least not once you get past the love bombing stage. Alright, so there's just really nothing loving about it in most cases, uh, and there's nothing romantic about it in most cases once we get past the initial love bombing phase, right? So let's talk about it. Alright, so again, the, the we're going to talk today about sexual withholders in narcissistic relationships. So here's how they look, okay? They might seem to be very, very self-righteous. They might seem to act like sex is bad. They might make you feel like sex is bad. They appear to be sexual um like no what's the word I'm looking for they look asexual to everyone outside of themselves uh, they refuse sex they will not allow you to even in some case if they found out that you masturbated they would have a problem um, they might make you throw away your vibrator or your toys or whatever uh, and of course the unfortunate part of this comes down to the fact that a lot of times these people are secretly porn addicts, pornography addicts, okay, so, yeah, and sadists, 
actually. Uh, you know, and on the other side of it, okay, and what we're going to discuss more tomorrow are the sex addicts, the obvious ones, that you can't give them enough sex, and, and even if you do, you're never enthusiastic enough or good enough or rough enough or crazy or weird or gross enough, you know, it never quite gets them to where they want to go, and they're always looking for more. And then, of course, a lot of times there's going to be cheating, especially with that type of narcissist. In both cases, the sex is not about the connection or the sex. It's not about love or pleasure or any of that stuff. Nope, not about bonding, not about having babies. Quite honestly, it's all about, number one, one thing. You know what it is? Control. That's right. All right, so let's dig into this withholder personality, shall we? So the withholder is going to seem to be um, real, like he might be super religious or she might, because believe me, this could be a man or a woman. A lot of people would think that the withholder is always going to be a woman, but no, <laughs> no, no. Women or men could be a narcissistic withholder when it comes to sex, okay? So the narcissistic uh, person who withhold sex in his relationship or her relationship is someone who might be super smart or appear that way uh, they might tell you that oh it's too I'm all in my head about it and you know people who are always screwing around on each other they're not as smart or as evolved as me uh, you know uh, hor horniness in general might be a problem you know uh, feeling excited or turned on might be a problem they might they might make you feel dirty anytime you express any sort of sexual desire toward them even and god forbid you walk around looking all hot <laughs> because they won't like that either all right so sometimes narcissists um kind of are sadists and this this type of narcissist tends to kind of lean toward the sadist stuff okay here's the thing the narcissist isn't really you know oh anti-sex it's just that they're not they're they're messed up about it in their heads and so they're getting off one way or another just maybe not how you want them to or expect them to so the thing about sadists is they like to hurt other people they get off on hurting other people they they will see you in you know pain and they will laugh when it comes to sex they will see you frustrated and alone and feeling rejected and hurt and they will get off on it oh yeah so why do they like this so much? Why do they get off on it? Well, first of all, you have to remember that your narcissist probably secretly is really not that thrilled about who you are. And what I mean is they can they have a lot of contempt for you. They 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 feel scared of you just as you know, just as much as they want you in their life. If that makes any sense, they feel threatened by you. They, you know, they seek to hurt you by either you know destroying you sexually or by withholding sex from you and in this case withholding sex from you so they they really their feelings about sex are confusing to even them alright so it makes sense that they're confusing to us but why do they withhold sex because because they don't know how to deal with it in their own minds in a healthy way they withhold sex because it allows them to control you make you feel rejected less than blah 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 sure they might have sex with you occasionally but sometimes at the very last moment they'll change their mind or they'll tell you that that you were no good or they'll make you feel like it's all your fault they'll say you're too fat they'll say you're too old they'll say you're too young they'll say you're too skinny it doesn't matter whatever you are they'll say 
you're something that you shouldn't be or that they wish you weren't. Of course, <clears throat> all this time, they are, you know, sneaking around and looking through all your stuff. They might, you know, they might uh, look for toys or vibrators or whatever, and if they find anything, you will get shamed if you have the nerve to have a sex drive. He, they will make you feel so bad, you know, if you're a, a man, and let's say you have, you know, some little bottle of hand lotion on the nightstand or something, or and you're under your mattress, and if your narcissistic uh, partner finds it, she's going to go crazy on you and act like you're cheating on her. Uh, you know, uh, if you have, if you're a woman and you had, you know, a little, little, little vibrator in your in your uh, nightstand drawer or whatever and they find it same deal you're gonna get shamed and 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 you know you may have to pretend to enjoy sex in order to make this person feel loved in the very rare times that you do have sex with them but by then you're so desperate <laughs> you'll almost take anything you can get right but if they find out that you are not enjoying uh, the sex and you pretend, you know, like say you pretend to have an orgasm and they find out that you pretended, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, some of these people will actually go so far as to say that if they aren't the source of your orgasm, you don't get to have one. Oh yeah. So it's like them or nothing. It's outrageous. Of course, in the meantime, there's this other horrible thing that happens where they're closet porn addicts. Okay, we kind of talked about this a little bit before. Let's go into some detail here, shall we? So here you are in this torturous relationship where you're not getting any sex, you're not allowed to pleasure yourself, you're not allowed to do anything except whatever the narcissist tells you to do, right? Well, then you find out, oh, this person's really into porn. As a matter of fact, it's 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 porn, it's masturbation and 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 you may find that as painful as it is for you that the narcissist will masturbate watching porn with other people besides you in it because I know that 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 was a, a sticking point for me it was painful for me to watch to know that I was not the thing that made this person whatever <laughs> so I know I know the pain the pain is it, it feels like you have not like you're not worthy. It feels like you're not good enough. It feels like there's literally nothing you can do to be good enough because you can never look like the people in the videos. And even if you could, you might not even want to. And because the videos be become increasingly intense, you know, so depending on what stage you catch them in, you may catch them watching, you know, regular old porn with man and woman or woman and woman or man and man or whatever they're into. Or you might catch them watching something completely outrageous like a circus clown hanging from a trapeze, you know, doing some weird stuff with a midget. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know that's an exaggeration, but maybe not. I've seen much worse or heard of much worse anyway. The, the thing that's even worse about all of this is that they, again, they're fine with it. They don't see how their behavior could possibly have anything to do you know, their behavior and their pornography habits could possibly have anything to do with their relationship with you. They see it as completely separate from your relationship. A lot of people in this society do, to be fair. This is not something that is just exclusive to narcissists. But with that being said, there was a study done in 2014 that actually proved that narcissists were among the people who were most likely to watch porn on the internet. Interesting, huh? Anyway, so for a narcissist, it's because sex becomes a solitary thing. 
it becomes especially this type of narcissist uh, when when they are the withholding type they really actually prefer to masturbate instead of have sex so they they don't equate sex with anything except for masturbation but if they in their minds if they do equate sex with love they don't know how to have sex I mean they don't know how to make love or have love and so they just see sex as love great but it's a solitary thing at this point for them when they get into this part of the relationship the worse the sex is you know the kinkier the weirder the more crazy the more outrageous the more they like it and like I said this is like a build-up you know they might start out watching just some basic porn with two people having sex and then it might become like threesomes and orgies and God knows what else and eventually what happens is they they become incapable of being stimulated by basic porn because they watch so much of it they need to get weirder and weirder and weirder and and when it gets more and more intense more and more strange it it can really begin to cause issues for them as well as you obviously uh, the the addiction can actually get stronger and more painful for the person on the other side of it of course the first time you catch a narcissist uh, looking at porn they will freak out on you okay it will be your fault you were invading their privacy or you had some problem with something that they were doing that was totally normal and everybody does it anyway I don't know what your problem is you might tell them you know what it kinda of feels to me like you're cheating on me when you look at porn especially when you won't have sex with me and then they'll be like oh it has nothing to do with us da 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 and then depending on the stage of the relationship that you're in they may get super mean if it's you know you've been together ten years five years five months whatever depending on how you know where you are in the cycle at the moment that you catch them if you're in the love bombing phase they'll probably apologize and swear they'll never do it again of course they will uh, if you're in the phase where you know things are starting you're starting to be de devalued you might just get uh, whatever get over it it's not a big deal just get over it it's nothing everybody does it and then you you know depending on whether you're in the discard phase or not in the relationship which can keep recycling and often does uh, when you're in the discard phase they're gonna be horrible to you they're gonna shame you they're gonna say well maybe if you weren't so fat maybe if you weren't so this that or the other thing you're the problem you're the problem I have to watch porn because you're the problem that's what they'll go with and <clears throat> it's a blame game it's endless it's horrible they'll tell you you're not hot enough they'll tell you you know uh, you're having an affair that's why uh, when you're not they'll tell you you're too you know whatever it's always your fault they might say some really nasty things to you always your fault you know and then when you get to the part where you need any sort of validation these types of narcissists will absolutely have nothing to do with it yeah so the good news is not everybody's like that not every man in the world is like that not every woman in the world is like that thank goodness but the bad news is <laughs> we got stuck with some messed up people so anyway, all right, I'm going to wrap this up for today. Like I said, tomorrow we're going to cover the sex addict narcissist, the one who over pushes the whole sex thing way too much. That's like a really bad sentence, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, so let me know. Do you have a withholding narcissist? Have you been with a withholding narcissist? What would you do if you were with a withholding narcissist? Leave your thoughts in the comments section below and let me know what you think. And if you have questions, comments, or concerns regarding narcissism, narcissistic abuse recovery, or narcissists and sex, leave them below. I'll answer them in an I will answer them in an upcoming video. All right. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life. Thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really means so much to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. 
Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Her ex would often want sex after a huge argument during which he would gaslight her. Sometimes she would refuse and she said he just did it anyway. She would not fight him. She'd lie there. She'd try to go somewhere else in her head. He'd just finish his business and it would end. She felt sick and she tried to forget this beautiful, intelligent, well-educated, worldly woman missed one really, really important fact. And that was the fact that she'd been raped by her ex-boyfriend. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching for survivors of narcissistic abuse to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. If that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. This video is dedicated to the people who need to be safe in their relationships. We all need to be safe. A lot of people think that when you're married or in an intimate relationship with someone, you don't have the right to say no when your partner wants to have sex with you. The idea is that once you've married or moved in together with someone, you have somehow given up the right to say no to sex. You're expected to comply with all of your partner's sexual demands, right? Fact: If you say no and you're forced to have sex when you don't want to, it's considered rape. Even in a relationship, even when you live together and sleep in the same bed, and even when you're married. Here are some interesting statistics for you. The Bureau of Justice Statistics reports that 6 in 10 rape or sexual assault victims said they were assaulted by an intimate partner, a relative, a friend, or an acquaintance. One research project found that 34% of women surveyed were victims of sexual coercion by a husband or intimate partner in their lifetime. It can also happen to men. The National Violence Against Women survey sampled 8,000 women and 8,000 men and found that 1 in 6 women, that's 17%, and 1 in 33 men, that's 3%, reported experiencing an attempted or completed rape at some time in their lives. 40 to 50% of battered women are also sexually assaulted by their partners, according to one study. Another study found that 68% of physically abused women reported that their partners sexually assaulted them. A British study found that a partner rape entails the highest occurrence of multiple rape, that's 62%, and attacks by partners and ex-partners are more than twice as likely to result in some injury to the victim, that's 39%, as attacks by strangers, which is only at 19%. Women who are assaulted by husbands or boyfriends are far less likely to report it and far less likely to get the help they need. This puts them at an increased risk for repeated rapes in their relationships. And according to a 2016 study 
narcissistic men are more likely than other men to commit rape and other horrible forms of sexual assault. The study found that men with vulnerable narcissistic traits were more likely to use alcohol or other date rape drugs to incapacitate their victims. Other points of note from the 2016 study Number one, strong connection found between the pathological narcissism and the sexual assault perpetration through a survey of 234 men. There is a strong connection there. Number two, there's also a surprising link between vulnerable narcissism and rape perpetration. Researchers think that it's all about the lack of empathy and of course the entitlement aspects of narcissism. So why do marital and relationship rape so often go unreported? Well, Men nearly never report sexual assault and while it's statistically less likely it still happens. Fear of retribution, a sense of family loyalty and often a lack of awareness that what has happened is against the law are reasons that people don't report relationship rape. Victims are afraid to call it rape even to themselves. This of course can lead to repeated rapes and lifelong sexual abuse in your relationship. All of that adds up to a seriously painful life and a seriously potential case of CPTSD. What is the solution to this problem? Number one educate people so they understand that rape is illegal even inside a relationship. Number two, teach women and men about the laws and their rights in relationships and about what to do if it happens to them. Number three, acknowledge as a society that sexual violence is often a component of domestic abuse and help women and men who suffer this type of painful treatment to receive the same justice and support as other victims of sexual abuse and assault. As individuals we need to understand our rights to tell others about theirs. And number five, be supportive and non-judgmental, especially when friends or family members experience rape in relationships and help them take action to prevent it in the future. Has this happened to you? Call the RAIN Rape Crisis Hotline at 800-656-HOPE to be connected to someone in your area who is trained for help. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Psychopaths. They're notoriously hostile. 
they're notoriously extroverted. They're self-confident, they're impulsive, they're aggressive, and some people say they experience mild to moderate anxiety. What do you get when you roll all of those things together into one package when it comes to sex? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Sex and the psychopath. Let's get going. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So it's a well-known fact that psychopaths do not experience great relationships and they don't, they don't give good love. In fact, they don't give love at all because psychopaths are incapable of feeling the, the strong, deep emotions like love. Because there's such a disconnect when it comes to their emotions, psychopaths aren't capable of trusting other people. So if you ever meet a psychopath or, and, you, and you speak to one, you might feel almost, if you're an empath like we are, you, almost, you might feel like a, a coldness or a, a layer between you where you can't quite get them to connect with you in a way that a normal person can. While psychopaths do have sex on a regular-ish basis, depending on the person, and they do engage in various types of romantic relationships, they have sex in a way that's different than most everyone else in the world. So if we look at the most upsetting qualities of a psychopath or the things that are most disconcerting for non-psychopaths, you will find that, as I mentioned at the beginning of this video, they're aggressive, they're hostile, they're extroverted, they're impulsive but self-confident, and they tend to carry around a little bit of anxiety, OCD issues sometimes. While the everyday average psychopath never commits a, an illegal crime, they do kind of tiptoe along ethical lines pretty often, even if they do commit a crime. They may never commit an actual crime, but they certainly will walk through their lives and, and tiptoe on the line of what's ethical, what's not, and blatantly hurt people in their lives without a second thought. They have no guilt, no remorse. They don't feel those things. So the traits of a psychopath tend to be very upsetting to us as empaths and to just people in general, especially when we apply them to sex and relationships. So for most people, sex tends to be both an emotional and a physical connection. It feels intimate to be sex or sexual with someone for most people. But unfortunately for the people who get involved with psychopaths, they don't connect that way. They may appear to when it's convenient for them, just like a standard narcissist, but unfortunately they're not capable of having that sustained, lasting, lifelong, real life connection. Generally, like a standard narcissist, a psychopath is all about just getting his or her own needs met. And this is always done regardless of what it makes other people feel or how other people are affected. And then because the psychopaths aren't generally connected to another person in a mutual, consensual manner, obviously in romantic relationships or otherwise, there are no healthy sexual relationships when it comes to dealing with a psychopath. While they might be super sexy, they might be super good at seducing you into bed, you are you know, by nature, they are psychopaths sort of draw us in because they're so different than other people that we know. And, you know, I'm going to liken this again to that True Blood show uh, on HBO. If you look at the vampires and you look at the fairies, you know, psychopaths, narcissists, they're the vampires. We can't feel them, so we're fascinated by them, just like the fairies can't hear their thoughts, so they're fascinated by them. Just in the same way, the fairies smell and, and, and taste good <laughs> to the vampires because they have this light. Literally, if the vampire eats the fairy, the vampire can walk in the light where the vampire could not otherwise do that. Just in the same fashion, narcissists by and psychopaths by associating with an empath 
can manipulate them and in some ways also stand in the light. You feel me? The thing is, when it comes to a psychopath, the process is more calculated. It's more of a game in the unhealthy sense than it is for your standard person. It's not so much emotional. It's not so much something that comes from the heart or even from the, the groin. It's something that comes from this place of wanting to win this game. Here's another thing about psychopaths and sex. They are notoriously unfaithful. They are notorious cheaters and they're promiscuous. Whether they're in a relationship or not, they have no concern about who they're sleeping with and how that affects the person they're sleeping with and they certainly don't care how it affects the person they have at home if there is one. They will often have children with random people. They have no problem coercing someone into sex. They have no problem raping people, forcing sex, men and women. And yes, men can be raped as well. Psychopaths often have a raging sexual desire. Their desire is beyond the level of desire that most people experience, even when we're talking about sex addicts. But at the same time, there's a flip side of that in which some psychopaths who have been reported as saying that they don't care about sex. They'll have sex if it's available to them. They don't go around looking for it. They don't, sex to them is not a thing. It's not, it's just a, a means to an end or it's a manipulation tactic or yeah, it's fun sometimes, whatever. They don't have a big issue with it. Psychopaths are very interesting creatures if you don't have to be married to them. So what turns a psychopath on? This one's a little scary, it's power. Sex to a psychopath is a position of power. So if a psychopathic male is going to gain power over a woman, for example, he will have sex with her. Then he knows that she will probably trust him more, give him more money or whatever other benefit he's gonna get out of it, and then you know what? He's going to get it. He's going to get it good and she's going to like it. What happens is that if you have sex with a psychopath, you can become very addicted because they, from all reports, are generally kind of exciting in bed. They, they have this animalistic quality about them that we can't help but enjoy on a base level. It's not a good thing. I mean, maybe it's a good thing during the process of it, but it's not a good thing when it comes down to our own lives being affected by it. But how is it possible that they could be so good in bed if they are good in bed? Well, generally, it's just like everything else. Psychopaths are great actors when it comes to emotion, when it comes to public displays of affection, when it comes to sex in the bedroom, when it comes to acting like they give a crap about somebody. Psychopaths aren't capable of deep emotions, and so they fake it sometimes just to kind of look normal in society. For example, if their grandma died, they might not have a tear to shed, but they may pretend to be super sad and depressed about it in order to appear normal. They practice being normal in some areas that you and I can't even imagine having to pretend to be normal in. For example, you know, when someone we know passes away or, or someone goes through a tragedy, it's our first instinct to reach out and say, I'm so sorry, is there anything I can do to help? And mean it, right? But a psychopath has to practice saying, I'm so sorry to sound like they mean it. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You see what I'm saying? Psychopaths have to think about it really hard. You know, they may practice it in the mirror to make sure that they sound normal. They may listen to someone say it on television in different ways and pick one, and by the time they get to it, they'll sound absolutely like they mean it. The same goes for professing love, to tell, telling someone, oh my God, I'm so in love with you. They can, they'll practice it, they'll watch a movie, and or, or they'll hear a friend say it to someone, or they'll, listen to something on the internet. This is how you, you know, enunciate this kind of thing. It's all about mirroring normal people in order to get connected to people for different reasons. 
So let's say that there is a psychopathic woman and she meets this regular nice guy who happens to have a lot of money. Her goal might be to have sex with him to the point that he trusts her and wants to share some of the money with her. If it is a male psychopath, he may want the same thing. Or he may look for someone who is into rape fantasies, for example. That's another psychopath. Psychopaths tend to enjoy the rape fantasy. They tend to enjoy forced sex. So just stereotypical things because the fact of the matter is every individual person is different. I'm just talking on a statistical basis here. One important thing I think that's really, I just want to pull it out and show it to you one more time, is that psychopaths frequently are digging into everything. Psychopaths are promiscuous, but their promiscuous behavior is not because they're sex addicts. It's not because they're so into getting it. It's not about any of that. You know what it's about? Psychopathic people are, statistically speaking, more likely to be promiscuous. Also, statistically speaking, they are less likely to be associated with commitment to another person, at least actual commitment. They may pretend to commit, but they never, 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 never stop cheating if it's convenient for them. Here's the interesting thing. Psychopaths don't get it the way they do. They don't go running around having sex with everybody because like they're so into it. They go running around having sex with everybody because it's a means to an end, because they always have their eye on a prize, a goal, which may include sex. The goal may include having sex for the purpose of taking the next step, or it may include having sex for the purposes of being in power and in control and dominating a situation. Plus, when a psychopath has sex with a person, stranger or otherwise, it allows them a certain amount of insight into that individual person. It allows them to get close to that person at their most vulnerable moments, in their most vulnerable state. So if someone is lonely, that's how a psychopath jumps in. If someone is feeling sad or depressed or alone in the world, the psychopath goes, oh, that's my kind of person. And they jump right on it because this allows the psychopath to reach out to someone who's most susceptible to abuse, most susceptible to their twisted ideas of what is exciting, of what is healthy or not. And a lot of times how they get in the door is they make the person feel as though they're too good to be true. And the person goes, oh my God, you're too good to be true. Well, the person mirrors, psychopath mirrors back to the person, you're too good to be true too. This is the person I wanted for my whole life, la la la, it's a whole thing. So psychopaths, they're good in bed, right? According to what my research tells me. Uh, psychopaths are hardwired to get it. They're, they're hardwired to have sex. They have a ton of energy. They are always looking for excitement, adrenaline rushes. They need it in order to feel anything at all. Since sex tends to be one of the most stimulating types of human behaviors that we have, psychopaths need it, they want it, they got to, got to have it when it's convenient for one. They want it early, they want it often. They often have sex at very young ages and they often do frequent engagements of sex. Again, I want to point out to you that there are some psychopaths who are totally not sexual, but those are different situations and not always directly connected to biology as the psychopaths that we're speaking about today are. Psychopaths, in addition, why are they so weird? In addition to all those things, they have no guilt and no shame. So they have no problem being weird in bed. They have no problem being like, you know, a man. In fact, I just heard this from a client the other day. Some narcissistic person she hadn't been with who was an abuser actually wanted himself to wear lingerie to bed and wanted her to wear things that allowed her to be performing as the man. Yeah. So whatever. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody's sex lives. I'm not saying it's weird or wrong or bad. What I'm saying is this person was claiming to be an entirely heterosexual male and then it rolled out like this. Psychopath? I don't know. Narcissist? Yeah. 
weird? Maybe. They tend to have seriously voracious appetites for sex. They tend to be very strange. Anything goes when it comes to sex. And psychopaths tend to be not pansexual, but any sexual anytime. What I mean is they'll have sex with men or women, sometimes animals, sometimes other kinds of combinations, and they have no concern for what anyone thinks. There are no societal boundaries for them and no relationship boundaries. So sex with a psychopath ultimately can be awesome and amazing in the moment and then scary and horrible in the moment and never ever ever real long-term relationship kind of sex. Psychopaths can't love. So that's all I've got for you today. Here's the question of the day. Question of the day. What do you think about sex and psychopaths and how would you categorize these people and their desires? Have you ever been with a psychopath in a romantic relationship and how did the sex go for you? Share your thoughts and your comments below and let me know what you think. If you'd like me to talk more about psychopaths in the future, give me a like and leave me a comment on this video, okay? Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. Have a wonderful weekend. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.